Welcome to the official podcast of FCS Fans Nation. FCS Fans Nation. Week four is down this weekend. We're coming up on week five. Um, and we're just going to bust out another great podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. With us, we have Lawrence. Um, how are you doing? I am great. What about yourself? I mean, my team dominated this weekend, so that's always good. I'm in a good mood, at least um, in, until this weekend. Hopefully we get by with another win. Hey, everything you just said applies to me, too. I love it. Hopefully um, we're in a good mood till the end of the season. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Perfect. Well, let's just dive into um, this last week because there was there were some big upsets. There were some big games. Um, what are your biggest surprises that came out of week uh, week four? I think if we're talking about uh, like upsets, the probably the two that you have to mention um, is going to be Idaho State beating North Dakota, right? Right. And. Morgan State beating NC A&T. Oh, that was huge. I mean, it, so Idaho State, we'll, we'll just touch base on that one real quick. Idaho State is weird. The last couple of years, like, they've had a great offense hit and miss. Some weeks they look phenomenal where they could put 40 points on you. The next week they'll put up, like, 3-7. to seven. So Idaho State's a weird team, but, I mean, they look pretty strong um, to start this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, and especially with North Dakota coming off of that win versus Sam Houston, you know, they kind of caught the nation's attention. People were, you know, getting on the bandwagon. Um, You know, I know, uh, you know, some people asked the, you know, the last couple weeks, like, is this year we could see all four Dakota teams in, you know, we're getting, is North Dakota serious? Uh, Just to see them go from beating Sam Houston one week, to losing to Idaho State the next. It's a, kind of a huge turnaround in my yeah, mind. I, to be honest, I was not expecting that. I thought maybe North Dakota's back. I know last year they hit the injury bug. And I was like, all right. So I picked them beating Sam Houston. I was one of the few who did. And I just thought, with all, all everyone coming back, no injuries, they're a tough team. I wouldn't say they're a great team, but I think they were tough. And then Idaho State just came in there and beat them. And I mean... I was shocked. I'm not going to lie. But it still wasn't the most shocking upset of the week. You already touched base on this, but 0-3 Morgan State, or just Morgan, they beat the number four team in the nation. How does that happen? I, The only thing I can think is that uh, North Carolina A&T got complacent. Maybe they were looking ahead to another game in their schedule. Um, I think they just overlooked the Bears. I mean... That, that's what it has to be. Did you listen to the Hero Sports podcast today? I did not get a chance to listen to it yet. So I forgot who said this, but they're bringing up a conspiracy theory. Um, they're like, North Carolina A&T lost this on purpose because they want to end up making the playoffs, so not winning their bid. But this game doesn't count to their conference win, I don't think. Um, I don't think it was a conference game. Maybe I'm wrong on that. 
Morgan State and NCANT are both members of the MEAC, but because um, Hampton left the MEAC, they left it unbalanced. And so it's kind of a situation like when Eastern played Northern Arizona. They are in the same conference, but it did not officially count towards conference records. Yep, that's what I thought. So I just want to say, Hero Sports, man, we're shutting down that conspiracy theory because <laughs> this is not the loss you want to have. I wish it were true, though. Oh, yeah, if they did this on purpose so then they can go to the playoffs and you know prove to the doubters wrong, but this is not the game you would lose to if <laughs> that was true. <laughs> that, would, that would be an absolutely baller move on their part. I would love it. Hey, maybe they'll still do that. Uh, I don't know, because then that would actually, with their strength of schedule, that might push them out. Right. <laughs> they yeah. wouldn't get to go to the Celebration Bowl or the playoffs. Sorry, North Carolina. You, you screwed yourself on this conspiracy theory. Um the other games I want to mention real quick, Illinois State over, you know, Colorado State. And this is an FBS team, and it's not just like they won a close game. Illinois State manhandled Colorado State the whole game. They were in control the whole game. And, I mean, they just looked better. They act, It's very rare when you watch an FCS versus FBS team where you think to yourself, the FCS team looks better, even on, um, you know, some of those FCS, FBS upsets you still don't think the fcs team just looks better than the other one and that's what we saw this weekend illinois state maybe the real deal they might be able to compete with north dakota state and south dakota state in that missouri valley because they put a beat down on colorado state yeah it doesn't happen often where the fcs team truly looks like the better team from start to finish but that really was the case in this one yeah i mean props to them and it's gonna make things interesting because I think this year the Valley, they look more like the CA and Big Sky in years past where it's very top-heavy than the bottom. doesn't look that impressive. Um, and I think this kind of just widened the gap a little bit. We might only see three to four Missouri Valley teams in the playoffs, but those three to four teams could possibly be anyone in the nation. Yeah, one through three, especially in the Valley, I would put up against any other conferences one through three. 100%. Including the CAA and Big Sky. They have a chance um, to win all three. Right. Um, I think it's very likely that they win all three, actually. Um, I think if we're looking at it right now, North Dakota State is probably still a little bit better than JMU. Yep. South Dakota State. Um, yeah. Jeez. The CAA is so crazy. I can't even tell you who's in, you know, like second place right now. <laughs> right. Um, so that one, you know. If I can't even tell you who they're playing, I'm going to take South Dakota State I mean, to win it. It would be Elon or Maine, but I would easily right. take South Dakota State over one of them. Well, and if we're going by the official standings right now, it would be like North Dakota State playing Rhode Island instead of JMU. Yeah. Because uh, you know, they've got their two conference wins. So That's true. But yeah, as far as the best three teams in each conference are concerned, I think uh, you got to put the Valley on the top in, in that category. Oh, I think so. I mean, Illinois State just looked impressive. I'm excited to see, I think South Dakota State travels to Illinois State this year. So South Dakota State has played their two best teams in the Missouri Valley on the road. That might not be good. Um, that might push South Dakota State out of the, the seedings at the end of the year. Um, I really wish they would have played against Iowa, but that game got canceled because, to be honest, that, that looked like it was going to be a loss. So South Dakota State might have came on the year, you know, losing Illinois State, losing North Dakota State, and probably would have not got a seed. I mean, we'll have to see how this year goes, but man, those three teams are tough. 
I'll tell you one thing. I am a huge Illinois State Redbirds fan. Hey, fan of every sport. Every sport. I love it. And then I just want to touch base on, on um, one more game real quick because I want your opinions. We talked about it a little bit last week, but Nichols State beat Sam Houston, and they didn't just barely beat him. They beat him by 20. What does this do to Sam Houston? Um, nothing good. Sam Houston is going to have to be perfect the rest of the year if they want to have any chance of sniffing the playoffs. And even with them going undefeated, if they pull that off, I still don't know that they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they they definitely have to go undefeated the rest of the year. Um, And then they're still on that bubble. No matter what, Sam Houston is not getting a first round bye. No. But we still could see them. They could end up being one of those last teams. But I mean... They play Central Arkansas um, in a couple weeks, if not this week. I, I don't remember. I haven't looked at Sam Houston State's schedule. My bad, guys. Um, but, I mean, they still have to play Central Arkansas, who does look pretty good. So we mm-hmm. could see Sam Houston dropping out of the top 25 and, and completely out of the playoffs with no hope if they lose that game. Yep. Um, perfect. So, I mean, th- those were kind of your big games that people might have missed out on or heard about last week. But who was your player of the game, Lawrence? So I'm not going to go with like one player of the game, player of the week. Um, You're doing a whole, a whole backfield or something? Kind of. Um, and this isn't even based off of like, like this position group had like super gaudy stats. It's just something neat happened, and I would like to you know spread the word about it, just because awesome. it, it was cool to me. Um, Everyone knows about JMU's uh, receiver Riley Stapleton. He's six foot a million, weighs you know a trillion and a half pounds with seventeen feet wingspan. That's, um, that's a good good guy to have on your team. <laughs> what people might not know is that his brother Dylan plays tight end for JMU. Right. And this weekend against William and Mary, they became the first brothers in JMU history to each score a touchdown in the same game. So I thought that was neat. Wanted to point that out. So that I'm going to cool. say the Stapleton brothers are my players of the week. That is pretty cool. I, I didn't realize that was... Um, that is pretty cool. Now, hey, maybe us, the Eastern brothers can do one too with a pick six and um, the Webster brothers. And then Simba, I mean, he can score against anyone as a wide receiver. So, hey, we're going we're gonna to take that claim. You guys are not going to be the only one by the end of the year. You got yourself a player of the week? I do, and I hate saying it, but Dalton Sneed from Montana. He looked absolutely great against Sac State, who's a pretty good team. Like They were a 7-4 team last year. They look to be strong again this year. And Dalton Sneed, he had 234 yards passing with one TD. That's not over overly gaudy numbers. But then he also had 206 rushing yards and three touchdowns. So, I mean, he, he dominated that game by himself. And hats off to the kid. I wish we were playing you this year. Hopefully we'll see you in December. Perfect. Let's just dive right into the top 25 for this week. So there are some changes. So it'll be kind of fun to see how how things worked out. But North Dakota State now at one. James Madison at two. South Dakota State three. Kennesaw moves up a position. They are now number four. Eastern Washington moves up. They are five. Weber State. Wofford. Jacksonville State. Illinois State jumps from 16 all the way to 9, which 
I think that's pretty well deserving. Um, McNeese at 10. Elon, North Carolina A&T, jumps from 4 all the way down to 12 after their loss. Nova at 13. Central Arkansas is tied with Nova at 13, actually. Um, the voters got them with the same amount of points at 18, 1,814. Um, so then we have Nichols, 15, 16, Maine, Montana, 17, Stony Brook, 18, UC Davis, 19, 4-0, Chattanooga, they hit 20, Sam Houston drops all the way down to 21 from 11, Rhode Island is still in there at 22, Northern Iowa, 23, Colgate, 24, and then Towson wraps up the top 25. So which of those, like, who's the most under underappreciated team who you think should actually be higher than their ranking or who's not ranked and probably should be ranked. My most underrated team is Maine. I think they should be significantly higher than 16, maybe even pushing towards, uh, towards and into the top 10. I have them at nine in my top 10 poll, I believe. Okay. As far as an overrated team, even though they're all the way down at 21, I think Sam Houston probably should have dropped completely out of the poll if we're if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean they're they're one and two right now and I don't I don't even remember who they who they won, but um they lost their last two and there were games that they were favored. I totally agree with you that Sam Houston should be, you know, out of the top twenty five. My biggest one I think is underappreciated is UC Davis. I actually put them in my top ten. They're number nineteen in the actual polls. And to be honest they just, I don't think they get enough love. Um, they probably have, you know, one of the best, if not the best resumes in all of the FCS right now. And I know they're a new face to a lot of the voters, but man, I definitely think UC Davis should be up quite a bit higher than they, they really are. Yeah, I completely spaced on them when I was answering the question. I agree with that um, 100%. I have them also in my top 10. I mean, they have FBS win. They've dominated, you know, a second-round playoff team, um, and then they went in and, and played Idaho, who, you know, maybe they're not as good as some people thought they were going to be, but the thing is they just didn't beat them. They, they, they put a beat down on them. It was not even close. Um, and and I, it was on the road. Yeah, I mean, UC Davis, you heard it here from FCS Fans Nation. You're in our top ten. Um, you're going to continue to stay there as long as you keep winning. And they are literally in FCS Fans Nation's top 10. They are. It's not just you and me. It's it's literally in our fans poll of our 60-plus voters. We have voted UC Davidson. So get with it, stats. I don't know if it's because you're East Coast and you haven't seen a UC Davis game, but man, <laughs> you should be getting more votes. It's not my fault. I have to go to bed before 1 a.m. Yeah. They're, so the first FBS win, you know, fear the FCS moment, happened when UC Davis beat San Jose State or yeah San Jose State so I now live in Houston and it's (laughs) I totally get your guys east coast bias now because this game did not get over till past 1 a.m my time in Houston so I mean for the east coast that's past 2 a.m I totally get why people don't watch them um it is a bummer though because like all the all the stories were already published and reported for the first day of action and yet you still have our first Fear the FCS moment where they beat an FBS team. I mean, it's kind of sad, but man, oh well. There's nothing you could do about it. Big Sky games are fun to watch, but ain't nobody got time for that. No, you got to put it on, on record. 
Well, then it's not as fun because you already know who won the next day, most likely. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, I'll only do it with some, like, big-time shows. Like, if, if I have to work or if I'm traveling, I'll definitely record Game of Thrones and watch that. But that's about it. Everything else, live games, yep. If you're not watching it live, I don't care. I'll, I'll watch it on, you know, ESPN on my stats. Right. So, last week, we ranked our, and I kind of threw a curveball at you, we ranked our conferences, you know, the top six. I want you to rank all of your conferences, one through 13, um, best to last, go. So, I'm going to cheat. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to follow your rules. I only ranked one through eight, because... 9 through 13, just, it's so minute between them. I don't really think it matters whether you put it, you know, put a conference 9th or 13th. And I think your 9th or 13th is probably identical to mine, but we'll see. So, I have, upon actually doing some research, completely changed what I said last week. Okay. So... I think it kind of speaks for itself, especially with the stats poll this week. The CAA is number one. There are seven CAA teams in the top 25. There are nine CAA teams receiving votes in the top 25. That means there are more teams from the Colonial that are receiving votes to be a top 25 team than the Missouri Valley even has teams. Right. Pretty impressive. (laughs) <laughs> so is that true does the valley have nine or ten teams i think the valley has 10 or 11 well scratch that the <laughs> caa has almost as many teams receiving votes as the valley has teams i think the big sky i mean the big sky is 13 the caa has 12 and the valley is either 11 or 10 i, I don't remember off the top of my head regardless I'm all out the CAA has a lot of good teams. They do. Um, I was listening to the FCS Wedge podcast today, and uh, I forget which one of the, the two guys said it. Um, he mentioned, like, the CAA this year is as deep as it has ever been. Um, I kind of, you know, with how many teams they've got ranked, you kind of got to think that the CAA is pretty much as deep as any conference could be. Yep, I mean... When are you going to have any other conference that has 80% of their teams ranked? No. It, it's so, <laughs> so the CAA is my, my easy number one this week. Number okay. two, I have the Valley. Um, you know, they've got those three great teams that we talked about. And it's actually two and three is way closer than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, so I have CAA, Missouri Valley, Big Sky. I think probably 100% of the people in our group will agree with maybe not the order of those three, but that those are the top three. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's an easy argument. Right. And if anyone's doubting us, then I, I don't know what to tell you. So, reading down my list from 4 to 8, then I have the SoCon, 
five, I actually have the Ivy League. Okay. Six, Southland. Seven, Ohio Valley. And eight, Big South. Okay. Ours is, um, we definitely have the same eight. A little bit different order. So you are saying, so I've been switching back and forth on my number one. So I actually pulled all of the records, all of the games that each one has played, the top three. And Missouri Valley actually has the better winning percentage of their out-of-conference versus other conferences, and they've played harder teams than the CAA. I I think a lot of the CAA, maybe I'm totally wrong, I think their record is a little padded because a majority of their games are with the MEAC, the Patriot, the NEC, and I mean, those are the conferences that you said you didn't even want to list. Right, we've got the cupcake conferences on this side of the country. So you guys are on the East Coast, you get a you know, have your pick of who you want to play. And I don't blame you guys for playing those. It's smart to have warm-up games, especially when you're in one of those top three conferences where you know you're going to have a battle throughout the year. I totally don't blame you. But I'm not sold that there should be seven teams ranked due to having a very weak at a conference. Is that, is that at least fair? I I disagree, but I understand why you might think that. Okay, but I, I do think the top three conferences are a lot closer than they've probably ever been. Uh, and I think by the end of the year, we are probably going to see something different than we haven't seen before. But, I mean, just just to start right now, the Missouri Valley, um, the CA, the Big Sky, and I think by the end of the year, things can change. I think we'll probably end up seeing more CA and Big Sky teams in the playoffs in the Missouri Valley, which would be weird. I don't think, you know, we've seen that in the last 10 years, but I have a feeling, you know, the Valley or the CA and the Big Sky could possibly do four to five teams each. Missouri Valley, I'm thinking three to four max. We'll have to see how it plays out. But then we have the SoCon at number four for me. I too had the Ivy at number five. I think they've had a, perf, you know, impressive first couple weeks of their season. Um, but I do think that, that Ivy is five. I have Southland at six. Then I have the Big South at seven. I have the Big South over the OVC. And it was mainly because OVC's second best team, Austin P, looked like they were, they looked bad this last week. They got absolutely destroyed. And I don't think Jacksonville State's going to have any issues, any issues going through their conference. Um, I don't even think any game is going to be decided within 14 points. I think it's, the OVC is probably as bad as it's ever been. That's just, that's just my thought. Um, then we have the MEAC, NEC, Patriot League, SWAC, and Pioneer. And those are the 9 through 13 that you said probably could be changed. Um, and I totally agree with you. So you and I just differ in that we have the Big South and the Ohio Valley switched. And then the top two. Oh, okay. So I, I the thing about the Big South is... Without thinking about it, name one team in the Big South that's not Kennesaw. Campbell. All right. <laughs> so you think about it. <laughs> okay, you passed. You no, know, we we study this more than most other people. Other people probably can't name it right away. Right. So Campbell is actually in first place in the Big South technically right now. Um, they're 3-1, and one, just like Kennesaw's 3-1, and one, but nobody has played a conference game yet. Right. Um, there are only six teams in the conference. Yeah. Um, 
And I think the Big South will only get stronger next year because, you know, North Alabama looked good to start the year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 3-1 and one as well. Um, I definitely think it's really close between the Big South and the Ohio Valley this year. Next year, I think the Big, Scout, Big South completely takes them over. I think still for this year, the Ohio Valley has the edge because even though Austin P had that loss, like Jacksonville, of course, is there. Um, you still have Austin P. You, you at least have teams that you think like are you know kind of on the cusp of maybe being something. Um, in the Big South, I really only see Kennesaw right now. Just quick rundown: the other teams are Campbell, Presbyterian, Monmouth, Gardner Webb, and Charleston Southern. Right. You know, maybe you throw Charleston Southern in there as a team that can rebound. They've been good not that long ago, mm-hmm. um, and they can probably be good again. Um, but I just don't see any anything close to a contender for Kennesaw State in that conference. No, I don't either. But when I'm mirroring them, the two conferences, I don't think there's any, like I said, I don't think there's a contender for Jacksonville State either. So then I paired the two together, Jacksonville State versus Kennesaw, and I gave mm-hmm. the slight edge to Kennesaw right now. Um, I think, though, the seventh best team in the Ohio Valley beats the seventh best team in the Big South. I, I would agree, but aren't there only like seven teams in the Big South? There are only six teams in the Big South. Oh, well, there you go. That, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that ranks our conferences, I believe. I forgot who asked us to do that um, this last week, but hey, we did it for you guys. So now we're going to go into our new favorite segment. Actually, no, we're not. I lied. I want to – we were going to have Matt do this since he's a North Dakota State fan, but we have a huge game this weekend. Our FCS Fans Nation Game of the Week, you know, number three South Dakota comes in and they fight and they battle against number one North Dakota State. So since Matt, we don't have him on the phone and he can't talk about the game, um, what are your thoughts on this game? What does the winner do? What does the loser do? Who wins? Like, break down this game for me on everything you know. Are you familiar with the term slobber knocker? I... So- I wasn't until I heard it on the Hero Sports podcast today. <laughs> they actually oh, said it. Oh, really? <laughs> well, that's so funny. I, the first time I've ever heard it was today, about three hours ago. Yeah, so that that's really funny because I promise I have not listened to that podcast today. <laughs> um, that's awesome. That's, that's so awesome. Yeah, this game looks like it's going to be a real slobber knocker. Yep. Um, we've got the best defense in the FCS Um, South Dakota state looking like they have one of the best offenses again. And so it's really kind of, Oh, it's so cliche to say, but uh, was it when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object? Like that's kind of, kind of the, the theme that I think we might be expecting. Okay. Um, I wish I could give you, more in-depth analysis of this game. Um, I just kind of expected Matt to take care of it, so I I, I didn't really look too deep into it. So, What are your thoughts on the game? I mean, this is probably the most anticipated matchup of the year for the FCS. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, not just because we have tons of fans of both of them on our site, but I mean, it's, it's pretty rare you are actually facing a number one versus number three this early in the season. 
Um, I think it's tough for both teams. South Dakota State's won the last couple. Um, I don't know if they can pull it off again, but I'm excited to see it. We haven't seen too much from South Dakota State yet because one of their games got canceled. Um, the other one, they were playing Arkansas Pine Bluff, who if you have versus sports app, you'll see that they're rated like 530 something or, or maybe even worse. And I mean, there's only, you know, 300 plus teams that are even FCS, FBS and D2. So that shows you how bad Arkansas Pine Bluff is. So we haven't seen much from South Dakota state. And then they also played Montana state whose best player was injured the game. So I'm excited to see what South Dakota state can bring. I don't know if they can, they can beat the beast this many times in a row in the regular season, but we'll see. Um, question for you. If one of them wins. I so assume that will happen. Let's say South Dakota wins. How far okay. does that push South Dakota up? Do they hit the number one seed? And then how far does NDSU drop for you? Well, you know, we were literally just talking about this in the group we before we hopped on the podcast. We totally um, were. I'm of the mindset that voters are going to look at, oh, it was number three versus number one. They're going to get caught up in those numbers. And if South Dakota State wins, I think they're going to leapfrog JMU and take over the number one spot. Now, I think it'll probably be like South Dakota State gets 60% of the first place votes and JMU gets 40%. Like, it'll be way closer than NDSU right. and JMU is now. Um, I just get the feeling that uh, seeing number three beat number one is going to be more compelling than seeing number two beat, you know, receiving votes Richmond. I totally agree with you. And I do think, it, you know, JMU will receive votes. Um, I don't see South Dakota State winning. I don't think this is going to happen. But, yeah, I totally agree. I think... South Dakota State, if they have a number one, you know, win on their resume, there's there's no no reason not to put them at number one, at least in my book, to be honest. Um, unless James Madison wins by you know seventy, which they could. <laughs> um, I, when it just comes to strength of schedule, South Dakota State's wins will be at the time more impressive than JMU's by a lot. So I would by put them a lot. At- well, I mean, your your top win will have been. I mean, we we didn't play the number five hundred team in the country. Um, you guys <laughs> actually did. Did we? Yeah. For where versus, where's where's Robert Morris ranked? I believe <laughs> I believe they're five hundred. Let me look. Oh. Um, give me just one second because I can pull it up real fast. So your best win is so robert morris is 401 okay william mary is 245 norfolk is 230 so your best win is norfolk at 230 and i mean if south dakota state wins their best wins are you know 122 (laughs) montana state so that's already better than anything jamie's played and then you know north dakota state who is I mean, they're they're like top thirty in the actual um, receiving poll. So, based on that strength of schedule, and since you know it's it's the top five teams, it's not like 
South Dakota State's 25, and I would jump them up 25 spots. I definitely think they'd be deserving of it. Um, and that's how I'd probably vote. But again, I don't think they're going to win. So let, let me ask you, say JMU were to win this weekend 49 to nothing. Okay. That would mean that uh, in consecutive weeks, we beat our two in-state rivals, our two historic rivals, by a combined score of 100 to nothing. It's pretty would impressive. That be, would that be enough for you to put JMU number one, even if South Dakota State wins? I probably still wouldn't. You don't, you don't like the, the rivalry aspect? That doesn't do anything for you? I mean, it totally does, and I, I would definitely give JMU props. Um, but yeah, I would, I mean, just based off the wins, I would, I, yeah, I'd have to still put South Dakota State, at least in mine, uh, above JMU right now. Now, do I think South Dakota State will go on and play in the national championship? Probably not. Cause I also don't think they're going to win this game. So I don't think I'm going to have any issue keeping JMU at number two and North Dakota State at number one, but based off if they win. Yeah, I think I got to give it to him. Okay, now, another question. Okay. If this is a close game, and North Dakota State wins, say it's 20-17, to 17 or, you know, 28-24, mm-hmm. something like that, and JMU just goes out and steamrolls Richmond. Okay. What do you do then? I'd probably leave... North Dakota State at one, JMU at two. So, I think no JMU, matter what, is so JMU can't do anything this weekend to convince you to put them number one. Yeah, it'll be pretty hard. I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out and how I'm feeling that morning. <laughs> but I honestly think it's going to be a little too hard for me to put JMU anywhere other than number two. What Which if North Dakota stuff? State and South Dakota State tie the game zero zero and like? The overtime winner is just a field goal. So the final score is three nothing. I would put JMU at one. Okay. I'll take it. So if it's three nothing, I would say and there's tons of turnovers, I would say JMU's the best team. Right now, I mean, and that's not how it's gonna play out. I, <laughs> I definitely think North Dakota State's gonna win by ten plus. Um I think they're gonna be number one. South Dakota State, I'm gonna drop them down a couple because in my head, I also know they lost to Iowa. I don't care if that game was canceled. They were getting beat bad when the game started, and I don't think they were going to come up. So in my head, I'm viewing them still as a you know two and one team. And if they lose, they'll be two and two. They'll still probably be in my you know top six, but I will drop them. All right. Now there's one more question that I haven't asked you. Sweet. If oh man, and this this is sacrilege for me to even suggest. <laughs> If JMU were to lose this weekend, how far would you drop them? What's what's Richmond's record right now? One and two? Uh I think they're two and two and two? Two and one? Something, okay. something like that. Yeah. Because um, they, they they beat Fordham. They kinda they they steamrolled Fordham. And, and they just beat got dominated by Stony Brook. Right, and they beat St. Francis. And yeah, oh. so they're two and two because they lost to uh University of Virginia. Right. Okay. Um I would say I definitely wouldn't drop them as much as I dropped, you know, Sam Houston State for losing to Nichols or, you know, as far as I dropped North Carolina A&T for losing to um, 
Morgan State, I would still drop JMU, but you'd still be right around that 10 mark, I would I would assume, depending on, you know, what kind of loss it is. Because um, it is a rivalry loss. You know, rivals, even Portland State sometimes plays Eastern Washington really good when Portland State is, you know, 1-9 and nine and Eastern Washington is, you know, 9-1. and one. Um, Rivalries are weird. So I would drop you guys definitely out of the top five, but you'd still be right around that 10 mark, I think. Okay. I don't think that's going to happen. I just, I, I wanted to cover all the bases. How far do you drop Eastern if Eastern loses? Because Montana State's actually a, a much tougher team, I think. Uh, it, yeah, I agree. So if Eastern were to lose, I would probably only drop them to like seven. Oh, really? I would probably yeah. drop them a little more than that. But it is on the road, just like Richmond. Um, I think they would be right around that 10 mark. I'd keep them above Jacksonville State, in my opinion, um, because we at least have better wins than Jacksonville State does. Yeah, you'd have better wins, and that would be a better loss if you consider such things. Yeah, um, and in Montana State is kind of, they're not an official rival, but I mean, at least the last 10 years since I've been an Eastern Washington fan since 2007 when I went there, um, Montana State's always our second biggest game on the season, unless we're playing, you know, Washington State or UW or, you know, one of those local teams. Montana State has always been still the, the second biggest game on our schedule, and I think they feel the same way. So it, it's not a rivalry, but it's kind of a rivalry, if that makes sense. It does. So that's what I would say. I would probably drop Eastern out um, or right around that 10 mark. We'll have to see how everything plays out. I don't anticipate us losing, um, but this game makes me a little more nervous than Northern Arizona did. So since we've talked about the rest of the top five, let's just go ahead and say Kennesaw, they lose to Samford this weekend. How far do they fall? Out of your top ten. They don't have a good win. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I mean, how I'm judging it now on, so it would be definitely who you lose to, the way you lose. It, I mean, if any of us lose in you know dominating fashion, that'd probably put you out of the top 10. I mean, I'll just be honest. Unless you're facing another top 10 team, then you can have some type of you know um, validation for why you're ranking them higher. But I mean, if any of us lose to you know teams 20 through worse and we're getting absolutely dominated, yeah, I mean, I'm going to drop you more. It depends on, the, depends on how you lose. That's what I say. All right. That all so sounds now, fair to me. Now we're going to just dive into our favorite, you know, section of this now. I'm going to pull up some questions. So let me find them because I did not write these down. I'm just going to go right on our page. And we are going to read off some of our fans' questions. And I'm going to pick them at random so none of us are prepared for this. Um, some will be football, some won't. We'll see how it goes. So the first question who was, you know, that was even typed was from Adam Willie. So I'm just going to say let's read it off. Canadian bacon. Is that ham or bacon? So I have, once again, I have an absolute answer to this question. And I consider myself a bit of of an authority on the subject because <laughs> you work at the cookware of Coles, right no <laughs> Be- because i had a papa john's pizza for dinner 
And I wish I had it. When I was thinking about what toppings I wanted, I told myself I want ham and pineapple. And I went on to their website and I got the pineapple and then I got to the meat section and my options were bacon or Canadian bacon. And if I wanted ham and pineapple, which do you think I put on my pizza? Canadian bacon. Canadian bacon. So there it is. Canadian bacon is not bacon. It is ham. I totally agree with you. The fact that it's even in the same type of um, words, like I can't even believe bacon's in the same sentence as Canadian bacon. It just doesn't make sense. Bacon is bacon. Ham is Canadian bacon. Right. That uh, Canadian bacon, calling it Canadian bacon is an insult to bacon and to Canadians. That's true. I totally agree because even though they love bacon, they love real bacon. So, All right, what's next? So Andy um, Rick Kemper probably butchered that. Sorry, Andy, not my problem. Why does Delaware continue to get respect? So you're a CAA guy. You could probably answer this because they are receiving votes in the top 25, and I believe they are, what, one and two? Yeah, something or like one that. one and three? They are still getting, garnering respect. Um, granted, not a whole lot of it. They only got 21 points total in the in the stats poll right um some of it is name recognition although that's kind of not a huge deal for delaware anymore considering they haven't made the playoffs in 10 years um i just i think mostly what it is is that they got hyped up a crazy amount during the off season right and with the perception of the caa being as strong as it is this year um, they kind of get excused for the losses that they have. Delaware hasn't been the same team since Eastern took their soul in that fourth quarter comeback in 2010. Yeah, that's fair. They have not been the same. They thought they had the game in the bag, and they didn't. And, yeah, I don't know why they're it, – it is it is name recognition that they're still getting as much respect as they did. I know Wyatt Cook was really high, the founder of our group, really high on Delaware to start the season. Um, which made me really high on Delaware because I was like, Wyatt, I like what you're saying, and I totally believe you. So I ranked them at number 10 to start the season. Boy, were we all wrong. Yep. Okay, so Andrew Hunt, he's one of our only you know, Patriot League fans, so i got to ask this question. What can the Patriot League do to turn itself around, maybe get a better perception, um, or all of the fans get a better perception on the Patriot League? And What, what can they do? There's only one thing conferences can do to increase their perception and that is have their teams win games and win playoff games like in 2015 i don't recall (laughs) i'm gonna keep throwing that at you (laughs) because you guys were seated that was a jsu moment get seated by non-playoff but i totally agree with you in our defense did you saw the post that i uh i shared um just before the podcast about Vadley today being the, the three-year anniversary of him throwing right. and passing for 275 yards in the same game. Beast. Right. So, like, that's the kind of guy that was quarterbacking our team that season. And the day that we had college game day versus Richmond, he broke a bone in his foot and messed up a bunch of tendons in his foot and was, like, that was the last football game he ever played. Yeah. Um, so 
even though Brian Shore turned out to be the best quarterback Jamie has ever had, he was, you know, a, a sophomore taking over a team for, uh, you know, a quarterback that had a completely different skill set than him, and it just wasn't a recipe for success. So, yes, Jamie lost to Colgate. Uh, well, I, mean, I will I will take that considering what has transpired since then though. Well and look at what Colgate did this year so far. They're they're three and oh like they're not a bad team. If you're losing No, that, Colgate you're Colgate is a good team. Colgate. Yeah, but I, I think you're totally right. How to change people's perspective on your conferences, you have to consistently win against the the bigger conferences. That's yep. why we are down on the OVC. That's why we're down on the Big South because they're not consistently winning against the the bigger conferences in your, um, you know, OOC like the Patriot League. You win, what was it, one in six versus the the CAA, and then um, I think that's pretty much the only conference you guys played from the Big Three, and you went one in six. That's, that doesn't do much. Yep, win some games. So we already kind of touched base on this, um, on why, you know, UC Davis doesn't get any respect. Um, I do think it's an people don't watch their games and it's an unfamiliar face, so we won't spend time on that. Um, Steve Rhodes asks, "Will Jim, you have a competitive game this year?" Jim, you will have a competitive game this year. Um, I totally agree. In fact, I will say Jim, has already had a competitive game this year. Our spring game was incredible, and your FBS game was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, NC State was great. Um, now, if I assume the question is asking, you know, for the rest of the season, will Jamie yeah. have a competitive game? Um, yeah, I think they will. There will likely be a game that is going to be closer than people assume it will in the CAA. And then, of course, you know, Jamie is either going to have a competitive game in the playoffs and lose to someone before they get to North Dakota State or they're going to run smack dab into the Bison, and that'll yeah. be a competitive game. I definitely think, I mean, throughout you know the rest of the year, no matter what, there's at least going to be playoffs. If you don't have a competitive game in the CAA, you're going to have it in the playoffs. Um, but I think you will have a competitive game in the CAA. The CAA looks tough this year. And yeah, we, we, we got to go, go to Villanova and to New Hampshire, even though New Hampshire is looking down. Um you know, who wants to go play in New England in November? Yeah, and if you don't have a, a at least one competitive game, it shows the conference maybe isn't as strong as everyone else thinks it is. So I definitely think it is strong. I think you will have a competitive game. So Preston Adams asks, Kirk or Picard? Or Picard? Now this is a Star Trek question, so hopefully you watch it. <laughs> I actually am not a Star Trek guy at all. So okay, well then. I, I cannot say- answer this question. Picard. There you go, Preston. Picard is the best. Okay. So, is it truly a rivalry when your competition doesn't win the conference championship and they beat you in the playoffs? Hmm. So, I think they're talking about the SDSU um, North Dakota State game on how, you know, one South Dakota State hasn't been winning their conference and Still, North Dakota State beats them when it counts. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I don't get it. We're going to pass. Sorry, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I will say this. If your matchup has a trophy on the line, it's a rivalry game. 
Yes. That's not, that is not the only criteria, but, you know, JMU and Elon, not a rivalry game, no trophy involved. Right. Yep. I totally agree. So on a scale of 1 to 10, Christopher asks, how much does Richmond suck and why is it 11? <laughs> so as a rivalry for you, how much does Richmond suck 1 through 10? And why is it 11? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Richmond Richmond does suck in 11. Um, Richmond sucks so much. And as evidence... I was on their uh, rivals forum today. Okay. And the only thing I can say about Richmond is like for as passionate and ravenous as JMU fans are, Richmond fans just, they barely care about their own team. And it's just like, it's a little bit not fun to try and trash talk with them because they just don't seem to care all that much. Gotcha. They so they suck in they money. suck in that it's aspect, true. and then they also suck in the aspect of we're going to murder them this weekend. <laughs> I think so too. Um, so well, you 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 and I talked about possibly making JMU versus Richmond the game of the week this week. You know, multiple weeks ago. Yep. And then I was looking at it this week. I was like, I don't see any way JMU doesn't win this game by like. I'm thinking like 30 points. Yeah, and that's what I texted you too. I said, I didn't even put them on our, our game of the week list. So not even just game of the week, on our pick because I thought you guys would beat them by 30 plus. Yeah. So I totally so, agree. Rich, Richmond, you're 11. <laughs> um, yeah. Scott Suck Moody, levels are high. <laughs> so Scott Moody asks, which team was highly ranked in the preseason and likely saw their playoff hopes um, dashed by another loss this last weekend. There's two I liked, in mind. I liked Jamie Williams' reply to this comment. He said, it starts with Sam. <laughs> it's true. Yep. So, Sam Houston and Samford. Yep. I think after this weekend, uh, neither one of them makes the playoffs. Yeah, I think Sam Samford still has a chance, but they have to run the table completely. And that's beating Kennesaw right now, um, which I don't think they will. Um, cause if they, even if they win the next six games after Kennesaw and hero sports talked about this on their podcast, they they said they still have a shot, but that would mean they're seven and four with a D two win, which would really mean they're only six and four and your conference right. isn't good enough. I don't think, I think you're completely out if you lose this week and you, you know, right now you're on the bubble. Same with Sam Houston. They really should have tried harder to beat Florida state. Yep. They, they should have. They, it's so crazy that they played that good of a game against Florida State and then have looked horrible against the FCS. Well, to be fair, Florida State is not Florida not State this year. No. They're, they're really not that good. Totally agree. But this is the FCS Fans Nation podcast, and so we won't be touching on that. <laughs> I totally agree with you, or else you're banned. Um, so this is your favorite question. Darren Fontana asks, can Villanova stop the Long Island Express with going in Latone? Is that his name? Leotine. Leotine, who are arguably the two best running backs in the CAA this year. Yeah, Gowans and Leotine. For that. 
I first of all, I have to disagree. Okay, they are a few of a couple of the best running backs in the CAA. I don't think either one of them has claim to like the single best running back in the CAA. Because um, I think even just looking at JMU, um, you know, everyone knows we've talked a hundred times about how stacked JMU's running back room is. Those guys would come in and probably be, you know, they, they would get serious reps, but kind of those two guys and JMU's probably top three running backs make up a, a serious argument for, for best running backs in the CAA. Right. Now to the actual question, Villanova is kind of, you know, they're that school that's known for their defense. Um, so I think if we're talking anyone outside of JMU, Villanova probably has a decent shot to contain the run, but man, those guys are good. I was looking up the stats earlier and like both of them are in the top 25 in like rushing yards. Um, one of them has four touchdowns on the ground. Um, what do you call it? The long Island express. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a really solid running back room. Uh, I, I think they're, kind of i don't know if i'll say they'll have their way with villanova but i think they will have a successful outing versus villanova perfect well i totally trust you you're our caa expert um so chris hammond asked what should the best new rivalry in college football he's talking about idaho versus eastern washington be called um and what should the trophy look like i honestly so you can like okay was it on your Big Sky special that uh, we came up that they came up with the Red Scare, or was that on one of the Tubs at the Club? That was on the Tubs at the Club when he, um, you know, he was doing an individual episode, but then he had us on an episode, you know, preseason, and someone right. else came up with that. So I like the Red Scare. I think it's incredibly witty, and I'm all about puns. Um, so with the red turf in Eastern and the fact that the University of Idaho is in Moscow, I think the Red Scare is a great name. And if we're going with that theme, then the trophy has to be like a bear in a Russian hat. <laughs> a bear with, in a red Russian hat? Right, with like eagle claws around its neck or something. I like it. I, I would I would buy that shirt. Or just a real bear. Or just a real bear. We just give each other a real bear. Right. Um, you give each other a Montana grizzly. <laughs> and, and we get to beat that bear for the next year. Sorry, PETA. Um, so I think, and if you guys don't know this, I'm sure you do. Idaho is the lead producer of potatoes, right? And then Washington is the lead producer of pretty much everything else. Um, hops, apples, I mean, almost everything. Um, not, so, not, a not poultry though. No, I'm talking that about because homegrown stuff. Fun fact, JM, uh, JMU is in, uh, Rockingham County in Virginia. And that is the poultry capital of America. Literally. <laughs> well, I am going to say the produce cup. It's a play on the apple cup. Um, and of course the, the trophy would just be a big pile of apples and potatoes. You could going off of that theme. Um, 
you could do something with, uh, let's see, in French, potato is pomme de terre, which means apple of the earth. So there's, you know, there's a connection with, uh, with the apple there. So you could definitely do something apple related. Perfect. I like it, but that's what I'd call the produce cup. Um, so we are, we are running out of time. So I just have one quick question, then we'll wrap it up. So Bruce Ed, Edmonston asks, given that only two teams are statistically in the top 10 in total offense and total defense, are these two teams head above the rest of the field? And if you guys don't know, he's referring to Jacksonville State and South Dakota State, who are both in the top 10 in terms of offense and defense. So everyone by now knows our opinion of Jacksonville State. Yes. And yes, they are statistically in the top 10 in both of those categories. But they have played a whole bunch of nobodies. We yeah, let me let me bring it up on versus sports. So Jacksonville State, your best game was against North Carolina A and T, and you lost. They were ranked one thirty one now. Um, your next best was Tennessee Tech, who's three ninety one, and then Mississippi Valley, who's five thirty eight. Now Tennessee Tech, you only beat by twenty eight. And they are ranked below multiple D2. They would be the bottom third of the D2. So you should have those stats. I want to clarify uh, because I don't want to get a bunch of hate on this. I'm not saying that North Carolina A&T is a nobody, um, but Jacksonville State lost that game, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, I mean, I can't say you're head and shoulders above the rest of the field when you lost to your only good team you've played. It's as simple as that. South Dakota State might be. We'll, we'll find out this weekend. But Jacksonville State, nope, I'm sorry. Um, you, you haven't won against anyone yet. Central Washington, who's D2, is ranked like 140 spots ahead of their best win. And we beat Central Washington by like 40. And you beat that team that's ranked 150 spots below only by 28. So, sorry, Jacksonville State. I'm going to say, no, you're not head and shoulders above the rest. I think you're really good. And I think, you know, the last game of the season will be the defining moment for you versus Kennesaw. Um, but until then, I, I'm. it's going to be pretty hard to even move you up in my polls. Yeah, we literally won't even know if Jacksonville State is good until they play Kennesaw. Totally agree. And by good, we mean, you know, a title competitor. I mean, we, we know Jacksonville State is better than a majority of the FCS teams. We know Jacksonville State is good. Are they a title competitor? I don't know until they play Kennesaw. So that's all we have for you. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, Lawrence, I know we only have about two minutes left. Do you want to give any quick plugs or are we good to go? I'll just give the same plug I give every week. Keep playing our Pick'em Challenge. Um, I don't know. You, you've all heard me say it before. It's just a lot of fun. Go play the pick them. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again, guys. This was fun. See you next week. Later guys.